0: Welcome to another edition of the Fundamentals Podcast. It is going to be a super fun day as we continue exploring the book of First Corinthians. My name is Jack. I am joined, as always, by Jeff. Jeff, how are you doing today?
1: Doing great. We've got a, a special boy on the call. Uh, Reverend Ben Schrank is joining us. He's going to teach us something one? good about the Bible.
0: Returning, returning guest, Pastor Ben. How does it feel? I've been asked to come back feels- to the Fundamentals.
2: Feels, feels great. I'm honored as always. So excited to be on the pod today.
0: Completely unrelated. We are looking for new guests. If anybody knows anybody (laughs) we (laughs) No, we are excited to have you. Thank you for making, making the time here today. It'll be uh, a fun time uh, getting into it. We had some good pre-show talk, so we should have saved some of that content for the, for the podcast, but that's, that's all right. I think there's still uh, plenty left for us all to, to get into. And uh, with that, Jeff, anything you want to say about uh, 1 Corinthians before we jump into chapter 10? Mm, No, not really. Sounds good. More fun to it. So let's get into it. So we use the ESV translation and let's uh, kick off with the first uh, five verses here. For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea. And all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea and all ate the same spiritual food. And all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, with mo- most of them, God was not pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness.
1: Yeah, so uh, we're we're still kind of on the same topics as we were in eight and nine, which is this discussion about like the rights of individual uh, believers, conversations about idolatry. Uh, I thought it was interesting, kind of the image that Paul uses for baptism here about God holding back the the waters of the Red Sea so that the Israelites could pass through the dry ground. I thought that was cool because we passed uh, through uh, the bondage of sin and death into life eternal, right, through the waters of baptism. So it's kind of a a fun word picture he's painting there. Um, And then there's this weird retelling of like Israel's exodus and their period of wandering uh, between captivity, right? In the Promised Land, and they were free. They were free from uh, the people that held them bondage, Egypt. Mm-hmm. But they they still weren't totally enjoying the inheritance that had been promised to their ancestors, right? Uh, but they it, they didn't they weren't lacking in freedom because of Yahweh. They just were kind of in the in between. Uh, and so I think, in a sense, we can make that connection to ourselves, right? We we've been freed because of what Christ did at the cross and through His resurrection. And yet we await the fullness of that inheritance that God promised to us, which Christ won for us. And so we're also living in this in between. And there's some there's some stern warnings that come in this discussion from Paul, kind of connecting us to Israel of the past and, and now this new Israel that has emerged from Christ. Ben, what do you think?
2: Yeah, um, uh, I ultimately one of the cool things, obviously, stands out to me in this section is uh, well, I don't know about in your translation but um i got the spiritual rock capitalized r right mm-hmm. and so the, the the fact that that's a really interesting uh picture that as you go back and think of the story and think about you know the way in which the rock provided um uh, in the wilderness and that and then paul here says that rock was christ and is christ that's a yeah i mean that's that's a pretty strong statement it's a beautiful statement it's one i think that obviously he wants his readers to know for them in their own wilderness. And one's one something that he wants that, you know, the Spirit of God wants us to know in our wilderness that uh what does God provide in the middle of uh uh in the middle of the the desert, in the middle of the okay, so we're free, but we're also not in the promised land yet. Mm. We're in we're in the in-between time frame. And well, it's not like God is absent in the in-between time frame. God is present, right. He's present in very specific ways and specific places, and so um. But here in this this rock, uh, the rock was Christ. Uh, also, I can't remember if this was uh, know, a couple of years ago or something like that. But I feel like I wrote something on this about the the rock being broken, right? So the rock that breaks, and the Christ. Uh, and so the Im- the imagery that 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 Paul calls us back to is a is a is a beautiful imagery that I think we all can cling to. That rock was broken. Rock was Christ. Christ is broken. Christ is for us, um, and we all. Just like they, uh, so it says they all drink the same spiritual drink, so do we, right? It's the same, it's the same thing, and that's uh, that, that's Christ in the wilderness, um, for us. And so, I, I, yeah, I love, I love this, uh, um, love this call to, and then ultimately, again, taken in the context of idolatry, of where are our idols and where are we seeking after? Um, we're pretty much just like people don't change after you know thousands of years. I mean, people, yeah. we we. Yeah. Even, even people that are free, even people that are, um, you know, they, we seek after different things. And so the fact that Christ provides, uh, for them and provides for us good, good stuff, really good stuff.
1: Yeah. So I, like you said, Ben, I thought that spiritual rock, uh, line was interesting. So I just did some research just to see what commentators said. And there's like, there's a, apparently there's a Jewish tradition that there was an actual rock that followed the people of Israel like i don't know what that means but there, there's oh, something like man. that it followed them through the wilderness and it provided them water so like when you see moses in uh the rock at meribah and water comes from it so what's also interesting is you have this language of like manna from heaven right which right. christ yeah. talks about how he's like this new bread from heaven and then bread, you have yeah. living water right coming yep. from the rock so it's just another interesting allusion to christ but this uh If it's not like if Paul's not literally referencing this weird Jewish tradition of kind of a a rock following Israel throughout the wilderness, then it's, you know, just figurative language for God providing water throughout their journey. But I I think really the point is typological. Um, So it's not I don't know that it's helpful to get into the weeds of like, was there this like moving rock that <laughs> yeah. with the people, I, which sounds ludicrous to talk about. I'm, right
0: I, I'm, I'm not going to claim to know anything about this. Cause this is all, all new to me, but that, that sounds like a prank that some older Jewish person played on the younger one. Yeah, need he just rock, got, he I he need just you to carry this. It's
1: got to go with this yeah. everywhere. <laughs> he would hike back to where they started and he would move the rock up at night, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's just really connecting it to Christ. But I think the, the other important thing to talk about here is, uh, Israel's disobedience in the wilderness, their refusal to enter the promised land, right. Which God told them to take. He had, he had laid it all out. He was like, you're going to take this. I'm going to lead the way for you. Uh, But they failed in obedience to be that Holy nation, right. They were this, uh, this progressing kingdom of God entering their promised land, but it was their lack of faith that produced kind of this fruit of disobedience. And then God, uh, God was displeased, right. Mm -hmm. He, uh, He said, you know, this whole generation is going to die in the wilderness except for uh, Joshua, Yeshua, right, and Caleb, and eventually Joshua would lead them into the promised land. So just kind of interesting parallels between uh, Israel of the past, this new Israel that we are uh, grafted into because of Christ and and just kind of typological language, I think, is happening throughout.
2: Hmm. I don't know, Jeff, if you know this. One part that I I don't know if I've really – looked at or thought through before maybe i haven't i've forgotten but the, the the phrase we're all baptized into moses right i mean like it's a really interesting baptizing in moses we when we think about baptism obviously we think not um, baptism in you know in the name of the father son and holy spirit but yeah. so in terms of baptism into moses i mean i have an idea of what that might be i don't know if i'm right or not wait do you know anything about that phrase baptized into moses
1: uh i i didn't do any like deep research on it i would guess it's it's uh connecting it to the one who leads you through the waters right so if uh kind of we go into the waters and we come out because of christ then it's the same thing like they were the baptism of crossing the sea but i don't i don't know if this is talking about like mikvah like ritual washing that would have happened because of the law of Moses, I have no idea, right? Or the
2: yeah is is it the law is is it you baptized into the law covered in the law or covered in the promise and it's a, I don't know, it's an interesting it's an interesting phrase and I don't I don't know much about it but yeah uh, but it's I, weird
1: because it, it seems to be like very he, he uses like figurative typological language and but he's also could he also be talking about something specifically like like the ritual washing of the old covenant I don't know it, there's not a lot of clarification yeah. in the in the text.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree. Well, let's uh, let's continue on here uh, with uh, six through 13. Now, these things took place as examples for us that we might not desire evil as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did. And 23,000 fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test as some of them did and were destroyed by serpents
1: Yeah, so there's value in learning from the mistakes of others. I think we can learn from the mistakes of the people of God in the past. Uh, and they had all sorts of problems with idolatry, which is crazy to think about. I always think, you know, if I, had, I think to myself, if I had seen half of what they saw, that I wouldn't have problems with idolatry, but it's just not true. Right? It's a it's a mm-hmm. common human symptom. But they, then you get like sexual immorality talk and that rising up to play has a sexual connotation. That's, I think that's what it's getting after. Uh, But the 23,000 dying in a single day, I wasn't sure exactly what that was referring to. Uh, There's an incident in Numbers 25, which talks about them committing harlotry with the women of Moab, um, which then leads to like 24,000 of them dying in a plague. So I don't know, I couldn't find specifically 23,000 dying in a single day. Didn't find that uh, so I don't, maybe that's referring to extra biblical literature. I, I don't know.
2: I think probably that one that you're referencing, it might, it might be just a, a uh, you know, a round number or something like that. Sometimes yeah. the numbers are, are close or there's kind of, you know, uh, oral tradition of well some rounded up, some rounded down, whatever else. But, uh, my guess is it's probably the same one. I mean, I, I, yeah, I was wondering the same thing, but when you just said that, that makes sense to me, um.
1: Yeah, one commentator was like maybe 23,000 of the 24,000 died in a single day. It's like, eh, you know what? It <laughs> just doesn't does really matter all that much. But uh, then you get, Paul says, to put Christ to the test and they were destroyed by serpents. That's, I went to Numbers 21, uh, where the people are complaining about a lack of food, right? They're grumbling before God. You see grumbling language in here too. Uh, they no longer want the bread from heaven. Uh, so God sends fiery serpents to bite them and and kill the people of Israel. And we get that account of the bronze serpent, uh, which Moses fashions according to God's command. And then it talks about everyone who looks up uh, who has been, uh, and they look at that serpent on, on the stick or the pole or the, some people make it the cross uh, shall live. So really Paul is just saying, uh, don't do the same things these people did. Like we have like, just, just learn from their, the hard lessons they had to learn, uh, which is, uh, complaining about their lot before God, uh, their self-centeredness, their idolatry, their immorality, uh, because these are not uncommon things. Like if they happened a thousand years ago, you can bet they're still happening today. So, uh, learn the lesson ahead of time and, and save yourself some trouble.
0: Mm-hmm. I always love to think about my, uh, my friend, uh, TJ that I used to get to coach with out in Fort Myers, TJ O'Connell, great guy. And he uh, has four kids. And he always talks about how all four of his kids learned that they shouldn't touch the stove when it's on. All four of his kids learned that lesson. Three of them learned it because he told them, don't do it. One of them learned because don't want to hear it. And I don't want to learn from anybody else's experience. I want to experience myself. And of course, learn that stove is no fun to touch. Right. Uh, and so I just kind of love yeah. that that picture of the kids. And I no, knowing him and his family, you can always guess which kid is the one that that touched the stove. But like thinking about it here, it's like Paul's just imploring, like, hey, we've already seen this happen. We know the results. Like, can we please learn? And these aren't like small things. You put another 23,000 in a single day. Like, if that is not eye-opening to you, then I don't know what you're reading, what you're looking at. Like, it's it's a lesson that can be learned a lot worse than just a hot stove.
1: And Numbers is really interesting uh, because of like the lessons of discipline that are scattered throughout it. Like I, I made this point on Sunday when I was preaching. Sometimes we like to think of God really as more like a a happy little grandpa, right? We come (laughs) to him when we want something and and he's kind and he's all right. But but God calls himself our father and sometimes fathers teach difficult lessons, right? They discipline where discipline needs to exist. And so throughout Numbers, you see like uh, Miriam and Aaron are disciplined for uh, speaking out against Moses, right? Miriam gets leprosy, she's sent out. You see Moses being told, hey dude, you're not gonna enter the promised land because you didn't (laughs) listen to me. Uh, you see a whole generation of people die in the wilderness because they refuse to take God at his word. So uh, really that's the, that's the temptation Paul is speaking out against. But I, what I like about that last line is that the really the emphasis should be on God's faithfulness to deliver us from temptations to to uphold us in his faithfulness and, and provide a way of escape so that we can endure these things. So that, I think to me, that's the point I would, hammer home if I were like preaching this text on a Sunday morning what do you think Ben
2: yeah no I, I so all these stories when I, I love I don't I haven't read I guess I haven't read first Corinthians 10 it's specifically in a while but I love that in verse 11 now these things happen to them as an example but they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come and so that that sometimes when we read the old testament and we see these, like we, we think about the Old Testament as like these heroes of the faith. These guys are awesome. They're really good. We need to follow their lead. No, not even a little bit. Like mm. the Old Testament has nothing to do with these people. It has everything to do with a faithful God, to unfaithful people. And so they are written down, not as not as models to be followed or prescriptions of how we are to live, but rather they're descriptions of broken people, just like you and me. And they're for our example to, well, not do as they did, to, uh, mm. to trust God, right. to, to follow God, to not follow after idols um and and so i love that the clarity with which paul kind of says hey this is why this exists because when we read the old testament we can be like what what is going on here? There's some strange stuff like this guy is like the man after God's own heart. This guy was a judge, this guy, like, and so when we, when we put everybody in their proper place, Mm -hmm. especially people in scripture, I think it helps us understand, well, why is this written? And why, why does God want me uh, to know this? And then, yeah, the the takeaway absolutely uh, is, okay, well, what does God do? What does God do in the middle of their Disobedience, in the middle of our disobedience, um, and then no temptation has overtaken you yet. That which is common to man, for God is faithful, um, and mm-hmm. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. I know this verse, though, too, and maybe I don't know if, we're, if you're going there, but I think some people take this verse out of context and communicate something that actually isn't true. Some people will say the phrase, uh, uh, "What is it that uh, you are not give How does it go? I'm, I'm going to mess up the phrase. Uh, God won't give you more than you can handle. Hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and, or or something along those lines. Well, no, actually God will give you more than you can handle. Um, you can't handle it. (laughs) That's the point. Uh, if if you're, if you're trying to handle it on your own, you know, God's going to provide a way that way is the rock that way is Christ that way is him. But when you try to handle it on your own, when you try to deal with your idols and deal with your own temptation on your own, no, you're going to fail. Just like all the dumb Israelites fail. They failed. They're, They're just like us. We do the same thing. And so, um, uh, so that the way that he provides the way that he will hundred percent, you will, I will receive more than I can handle. And that's good news, right? That's, Mm. that's, that's actually the point. That's actually the gospel is not that you can handle it, but there's one that has handled it and the way provided is, is through Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I love, I love this text and how clear that kind of comes through, uh, through Paul.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I've been teaching on the Pentateuch a lot lately, and I, I just love like, if Genesis is how this all got screwed up, Exodus is about like deliverance, getting to the mountain, God setting up a covenant. Leviticus is all about like, hey, you made an agreement with an all-powerful God. Here's what you should know. Then Numbers is like, okay, be holy, like do it. And all these things, they're all kind of pointing to like, uh, all right, Israel really can't do this thing. They can't be holy. So it like you said, Ben, it's not looking at those people and saying, man, I want to be just like. Moses, who didn't get to enter the promised land because of his disobedience, it's saying like, wow, we really needed a savior the whole time. We really needed someone to be holy for us and to, and to give us a new way to live. So I just, I think I really wish we would all read the old Testament more because I think it's, it's really awesome. Like, it's just, it's all pointing to Jesus. It's all so helpful. And, uh, it just kind of gives us a new way of understanding our situation today to understand that it's really not it's different in a really key way, which is mm-hmm. we got the revelation of Jesus. That's awesome. But we yeah. we still have a lot of the same problems that they do. And we find ourselves in very similar circumstances if they're not like uh, word for word the same. Like uh, spiritually, they're the same kind of circumstances.
0: Totally. Yeah. And, and that's what I've loved about this verse, that first part of verse 13. The no temptation has overtaken you except what's common to mankind, where it's not every individual – person has a unique, I'm the only one that struggles with it, nobody will get what I'm going through. I'm so weird, because I'm struggling with this sort of thing. We all have our own battles and our own struggles, not to like diminish individual circumstances. But like the fact that we are built to go through life together in community, when we're actually getting to know others, and their sin is revealed to us. It's like scripture reminds us, like we shouldn't be surprised by it, and I and I found as those that are willing to confess where they're at, they are pleasantly surprised. And a amount of people that will say, I get that. I've I've been able to experience some of the same things that you have. I've wrestled with that. Yeah, it seems so silly, but it, it is such a big problem, and to go through it and. And what a unifying thing that could actually be for our church and what a healing thing that can be as we understand that we come together collectively as a, a bunch of people that that need supernatural help. We come together in that and we actually get to receive it in the rock in Christ and how glorious that actually is. And to know that we're not alone with these issues we face, We're, uh, but we are all going through it. And that, that's been my favorite part of verse 13.
1: I love it. Let's go to 14.
0: Let's do it as Paul continues. We'll go uh, 14 through 22 here. Uh, Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. I speak as uh, to sensible people. Judge for yourselves what I say. The cup of blessing that we bless is not in uh, participation in the blood of Christ. The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one bread, we are uh, excuse me. we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. Consider the people of Israel. Are not those who eat the sacrifices participants in the altar? What do I imply then? The, that food offered to idols is anything, or that an idol is anything? No, I imply that what pagan sacrifice they offered to demons and not to God. I do not want you to be participants with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Shall we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he
1: okay so Paul uh, despite how confusing this chunk of text uh, can see I, I feel like the message is pretty simple when you boil it down uh, number one flee from idolatry right the in uh, the church in Corinth really the the city of Corinth the church the community in Corinth had like a, a lot of pagan ritualistic idolatry that was associated with it um, but idolatry is not it's not just a thing of the past right we have We make idols for ourselves all the time, but what I, what I make of Paul's point in 15 through 18, if I can just boil it down uh, is that you are what you eat in a sense Uh, because you take part in the sacrament of the body and blood of Jesus Christ. You are bound to him. And by being bound to him, you bind yourself to the other people that partake in that feast, right? We are bound to one another, Jack. I am my brother's keeper in that sense, Uh, which, uh, you know, is addressed earlier in the Mm -hmm. book of scripture, um, so you are united to him. It's not just an empty ritualistic thing we do. It's something meaningful and it transcends what you're able to see just beyond kind of the physical reality of our world. So in some sense, Paul is saying, uh, there's something like that happening in these pagan meals. We can't just take them lightly or dismiss them out of hand. And there's all throughout this all throughout Corinthians, there's this consideration of uh, those who are weaker in faith, right? Those who, uh, could fall back into uh, the temptation of worshiping idol paul is mindful of that and that's really what he's getting after to sin against christ is to uh, put yourself in a position where you might cause one of those brothers and sisters to fall back into uh, non unbelief by believing in something else if that makes sense so paul's saying there are uh, whether we can see it or not there are demonic forces at work in all of these things in all of these little idols and in, in the the rituals associated with these idols and your intent really doesn't even matter, right? That the road to hell is paved with good intentions, is a saying you've probably heard before. Um, but does it in some regard, in in uh maybe uh someone with a weaker conscience, like Paul says a couple chapters ago, um, does it give homage or regard to some other power beyond Jesus Christ? And and by doing that, are you leading them into sin? So there's an unhealthy fellowship that's happening, and God is really not in the business of sharing our devotion, our praise, our affection. Uh, he He calls for all of it, right? He uh, He has no tolerance for idolatry. And again, that's another huge problem that Israel had in the wilderness and all throughout their history, is that even when they entered the promised land, right, they They fell into line with all the peoples in that land at the time. They, they worshiped these uh, terrible, uh, forces that like committed child sacrifice. And and God was like, I'm not putting up with this. This is like, we had an agreement, you and I, right. We made a cop, we made a covenant. You don't share your affections with anyone, but me, you're my bride. You're my, you're my people. Like I, I demand exclusivity with this relationship.
2: Hmm. Yeah. I think sometimes we can get confused as to why too, right? We're like, well, man, that's, that seems kind of needy of God. Like he needs our Hmm. thing is he doesn't, he doesn't need our devotion. He doesn't need our affection. He doesn't need any of it to be God. He's still God, but he recognizes that literally he is the only one that can hold that role. He's the only one that actually He's the only one that, that, deserves our worship and when we worship actually fulfill so when we are worshiping and uh having idols that ultimately will never actually follow through with the promises i mean that and that's the thing is that when someone turned like you said jeff to a different power or a different source god's like no you're going you're looking in the wrong direction you're like "That, that will not satisfy you might even get to the point where you think you need to be but that will still not satisfy you i'm the only one that can satisfy you and i love this uh what this points to actually is kind of exactly what you said, Jack, at the end of the last one, uh, when it said, you know, the temptation, uh, how do we deal with temptation? And then he says, well, together, right. So this, that we are actually one, like, this is the mm-hmm. the, the participation in the body and blood of uh, Christ, the bread of Christ, that, that, the person of Christ is broken, uh, reality. And I, I personally, obviously as a, as a Lutheran, you know, we uh, are sacramental uh, uh, theologians and all that. And we kind of think about the sacrament in a particular way. And usually when we think about the sacrament, we think about, okay, the body and blood of Christ truly present and with another bread and wine. And you know, that's, that's true and that's important, but I think there's an element here that, and, and throughout Paul too, that um, it's actually in this, this breaking of the body, right? The breaking, the, the sharing of uh, the, the, the community of faith that we bear each other's uh, brokenness, uh, in the broken person of Jesus Christ that when we come together around a table, it's, it's, yeah, it's important for us to know that Christ is present, but really it's that Christ is also present in my brother and in my sister. And that I need mm. to forgive and I need to, uh, to be the body here because, because when we turn our attention to ultimately to idols that don't see Christ in our neighbor, uh, well, it's, it's and it's ultimately it's, 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 uh, well, it's demonic. It's, it's, uh, it is not, um, it is not of the Lord. And so the Lord wants for us to be able to, um, to, he's the only one that that can fulfill, uh, receive worship and actually be the, at, at that role in our, in, uh, of anybody's life, but, and he's the only one that can do that. And so he wants us to kind of, yeah, to be there. Um, but, uh, yeah, or shall we, pr- uh, provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? Yeah. God's jealous. And that's good yeah. because he wants you because not because he needs it, but because you and I need it, right. We, you and I need to place him, uh, in that place. If we put anybody else, if we put any relationship right in that, in that role, that idol or any, anything, uh, well, that's always going to, always going to fall short and we're always going to be like, well, what the heck, but God's the only one that can actually follow through on his promises.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, uh, I like it, this. Uh, oh, sorry, Jack. Go
0: ahead. Uh, just a quick little bit thinking about that. Idolatry with the start of the, the uh, football season tonight as we're recording on Thursday and the kickoff on Sunday, but legitimately, whether it was intentional or unintentional, you know, the time period in my life where I've cared more about sports and I've cared about other things and it's legitimately become an idol, including, you know, watching football. I may not be able to make it to an hour long church service, but I find a way to watch three and a half hours of my own team plus, you know, X amount of other hours of of football Mm. and how ridiculous that can be and spend money on, you know, apparel and all that fun stuff. Read. I find time to read sports articles, but not my Bible. Those kind of things like I've been been real in my life. And uh, for those that do not know, I'm a Detroit sports fan. So, I understand (laughs) idols and how they leave you empty. Because in my entire life, we have never won the division for the Lions, we've never won a playoff game. Uh, And so, it's kind of silly. That, you know, I'd build, I wouldn't say I built my life on it, but the the actual impact of, that how I viewed sports and my sports team was actually having a negative impact on my well-being because I was putting hope into something that should have never had my hope. And as silly as it is, as a sports team, maybe you can relate to that. Maybe you just think I'm a a, a weirdo with that, but it but it's real. And so But you are. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But through that, at least I can learn my lesson, uh, that way. And as I watch the lions win somewhere around two games this season, I will enjoy that, but that will not be uh, where my hope is.
1: And I want to, I want to go back to something Ben said that I thought was uh, really, really poignant and, and relevant for today. I, I was doing some, just kind of researching like the biblical importance of sharing a meal, like how often it happens, what happens when meals are shared in the Bible and all throughout culture. This is true. But, there's, but it kind of ties in, Ben, what you were saying of like the, the importance of Christian fellowship and like the sacrament of, of Christian community. You know what I mean? Mm. And yeah. we have had so many opportunities in the last year and a half to sever those connections, right? To get lazy in our in our Christian fellowship. But the invitation all throughout scripture is to gather together as a, a united body of Christ. Obviously, we do that uh, safely, right? We have to take extra precautions now. But I guess what I'm exhorting people to do is... Uh, start getting back together because um, that's how Christian life is, is uh, meant to be lived together as a community under Christ. And so uh, I hope we're finding ways to unite together, to share in this breaking of bread, right? Breaking of bread and prayer uh, that you see in something like acts like that's, that's the lifeblood of Christian community is to gather together in meals like that in a meal in which we pray in Jesus name, we receive his body and blood and we share our lives together. So I hope we can get back to that because that that's what I've missed most in the pandemic, I think.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, again, it's, I think it's how we were made. Right. I mean, it, it's in, right. uh, I mean, God as a relational be- being, created relational people. And, uh, and so I think there's a, there's an inner I, I've, I've over the last I don't know, 50 years maybe, and maybe more, probably more so in the in the, as recent years. Um, the the I don't know if you've read statistics, but the, the level of people that have close friends is shrinking, right? I mean, like mm. uh, women have like two, or men have like maybe one, or whatever. And it, so it's like the, the the level of kind of those those things of community, even though we're more connected now than we ever were. Connection, um, right? The, the 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 embodied presence around a uh, meal uh, that, that that Christ says, "Hey, I want you to do this." Um, that you're broken people gathering together around me. Uh, yeah. I mean, like you said, Jeff, in a, in a, in a safe way, obviously now, and so we've been very considerate of our, of our neighbors, but at the same time, recognizing uh, if there's this inner desire um, that's from God, like community is uh yeah. even, even if you're an introvert, like I'm like uh, my wife's an introvert um, and, and I'm more extroverted, but I can, I've, I, I, there's times I can be introverted as well, but even, I mean, introverted people, we're not, Isolated, right? I mean, like uh, we're we are uh, t- together, and so uh, in, in doing. And this is something I've been challenging myself with, which is um, is recognizing the role of the body really is to reach out um, in whatever way that we can. And so recognizing there's a lot of people that feel alone, a lot of people that feel isolated. And to be Christ to people is to go to them in whatever way that you can. And so we do actually have odd connectivity um, that we can go to people and try to actually make those uh, connections. Um, and then, yeah, call them back to the table, um, uh, or call them back to a meal, not even have to be a table. Right. Uh, I was actually doing, uh, research the other day in, so in the, uh, in the new Testament, all the times where, uh, the Lord's supper is happening, where they sit down in, in the, in the new Testament it says they reclined at the table. Um, the word table does not exist right. uh, in Greek. It's just reclining. <laughs> i was trying to find well what's the word for table what's this like thing that's happening it's, no it's just a meal it's hanging out together i mean they, you know kind of uh, in a different culture and so they didn't really necessarily have maybe the tables that, that we set up but at, at the same time recognizing they gathered uh together um around a meal but also around and for one another and so are we are we doing that or are we kind of especially in covid world are we isolated and, and alone and and how how many people feel that um and if the church isn't going to be different than the rest of the world, then what, what is the, wait, what is this call? What is it? Is it all individual? Is it all again, is, is faith. Okay. Do I need to know the right things? Do I, do I, once I know all the right things about God, no, it's, it's faith is this gift. And now we grow, we grow in grace and we grow in knowledge and, and we go outward to our neighbors. And so what does that, what does that look like? What does true Christian community um, look like? I don't know. And I, so I find that, a compelling, a compelling thing that I see all throughout the New Testament churches, right? So of, of how God creates his people, um, what he wants for them, what he wants for, uh, us individually. And that's a hard thing to reach out because yeah, because we, we got to share with people our, our brokenness and our failures or, yep. or we're afraid yep. or whatever else, but, um, but the good thing about Christian community is that that's a place that's the, that's the balm. That's the sound. That's, that's the forgiveness. That's the, that's the restoration. That's the where insecurity can go away and you can be loved and and, and, and uh, fully known and fully loved. Right. That's a lot like being loved like by God. But yeah. anyways, no, I said so you good. A really good thought.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's tough to think where, you know, I would be without my friends and that kind of stuff. And, you know, you kind of go through life. with such a big emphasis when you're younger. Are you friends in your class? Are you doing all this kind of stuff? And as like years go on, it, it seems to be less and less of a focus. But uh, I like how you we are meant to be one body and we need to live as such. And, you know, God has placed people in your life. It's one of the greatest gifts that he does. We just need to be continually looking it and reaching out.
1: And I really wonder if like uh, we should reconsider how we do church on Sunday morning. Like if we just look at the institution of the new covenant, right? Jesus shares a meal with his disciples. He serves them. And then they uh, pray and they sing Psalms together before he, you know, goes off to die. And like, the, you can think of like what that served to do. It, it like, even throughout the rest of their lives, that meal was a comfort to them. It was a time in which yeah. they, they shared in both the humanity of their savior, but they also got to share in like this divine thing that was touching back to Exodus 24 in which they sat with their God and he shared a meal with them. He loved them. He spoke with them mm-hmm. and, and he sang uh, songs with them and prayed with them. So I just wonder if like, we could reconsider how we do Sunday morning and, you know, maybe strip some things down and and get a little more, uh, intimate about other things, but I I don't know. And just, and just recline. I would love to recline more. Honestly, (laughs) if I could stand less and recline more, I'd be a happy guy.
2: Yeah. What is, what is, what is spiritual life, right? What is, what is the call of church? And if if it's like, if it's just this intellectual ascent of me understanding, and and and, uh, uh, it's not. It, it's so much more like God coming to us. The whole story of, of 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 everything is God making complex things of who He is simple, present with from old Testament to, to the person of Christ, to the, the body of Christ. It's, it's how do we, and even, even communion, which will, again, they're going to get into, uh, Paul's going to get into even more specifically is, yep. uh, we're going to take this complex thing, this complex promise. And how simple is this? This is, this is Christ with you, for you. Uh, you share, share to, together. But, you know, I, Jeff, I, I am right there with you in regards to, um, yeah. Do we, do we need to evaluate, uh, how we embody as the body of Christ, how we embody the, the message. Is it, is it just the content? Is it just the, uh, the form of, of, uh, of the community? Is it communication or is it community? Right. I mean, again, communication, I think it's a part of it. Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, prayer, reclining. I mean, you know, uh, all these things, but I think the question is, uh, yeah, really evaluating is, is community, is that is Christ centered community, the, the main thing, or is it the, do I get the right content? Right. I mean, mm-hmm. oftentimes I'm like, well, is it the right content? Is it the right? And it's like, well, I don't know. Uh, is it community? Is, is Christ present in community? And I think that's a, that's an interesting one that I think we're all, I don't know. I, I'm of the mind that uh, the church is in for just an interesting uh, shakeup in the next number of years. Yeah. I mean, I just, I really, I do truly believe it because I think people are longing for all these things of community and, and, and the, uh, and, and the person of Christ in, in that space. But, um, so I, let's do, let's dream it up, man. Let's, let's yeah. go. <laughs> and,
1: uh, and, and just kind of going off of that a little bit more, the difference between like what you're saying with content and community is that community requires that you have just as much of a stake in it as everyone else that's showing up. Right. If you're just showing okay. up to, to consume content, then, uh, you know what, then, we'll probably just keep doing things the same way and we'll watch the church get smaller and smaller right. and whatever. Maybe some of that is inevitable, right? There's a, there's an apocalyptic sense to all of this, but, uh, but like community requires that you have a vested stake in what happens on Sunday morning, but what happens Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And with all of those people that share that room with you, that she share that meal with you. And I mm-hmm. just, I just feel like we are not invested in each other as much as we should be. Like we really, really are called to, to share every part of our lives with our Christian brothers and sisters. And yet we just, we segment so much of our lives from each other and we shield so much of our lives from each other. And Paul is saying like, you guys are more bound to each other than you even realize.
2: Yeah. You're bound up, bound up in Christ. We're super diverse, super different, but we're one together around on this table was was one we're one in christ and and uh the word you said actually was the word i was thinking a long time ago and i i said content because ultimately the content is christ but the the consumer mentality versus the uh uh, the community mentality right so that obviously when we gather together as community the content of our community needs to be the rock right that we go Mm. back to the, the rock in the wilderness so the content is christ but but the when we just simply consume uh and we're I mean, I, obviously, there's a passive reality to 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 of course, uh, yeah. to to the fact that we don't earn our salvation or anything like that. A, but that's not a passive reality of uh, of living the Christian life. There, there's there's Christ in us that then then spreads us out uh, to one another in in, in community. Uh, and so instead of just consumption, did I like church today? Did it did the music sound great? Did you know? Um, come sit, listen, go, or is it man come? sit be right and 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 the content is share yeah is sharing right yes we're centered around the word yes we're centered like worship we need we need to not have these other dumb idols that don't give us anything so we need to worship Yahweh. we need to put place him in the right spot but everything is communication right and so as a church do we communicate the, uh, the community that God is established once mm-hmm. and desperately yeah. longs for us, or do we communicate, Hey, God is just something that you need to understand in your mind. And it's only individual. It's only you, right? Well, no, it never is only you. It, that, that's the whole point. It's not, it's not only you, it's Christ for you and actually Christ for y'all. Uh, it's for the community. Uh, it's it, right. a plural, uh, a plural gift, uh, of Christ. So I, dude, I'm, I'm, I don't know. God, God, I think is going to do some really awesome things, uh, through, you know, uh, in, in, in his church. And I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a little painful at times, but I think it's going to be at the same time. It's exactly, I mean, Christ is what we need. That's yeah. just simply, uh, the case. And so, yeah. uh, church being faithful to, to that call, whatever that looks like. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm down to dream it up, man.
1: Mm-hmm. And I, it makes me think of like, uh, a, a potluck, like if, everyone shows up to a potluck, but only one person prepared something like a lot of people are going to be pretty hungry when they leave. So like we, we all like God has given us all gifts and all uh, sorts of uh, spiritual experiences with him and and interactions in our community that we can bring in on a Sunday morning or throughout the week that we can share with one another. So like, think of your faith life in your community as a potluck. Like, yes, you're going to, you're going to have some good food when you show up on Sunday morning, especially, but like, you should also bring something to the table because God has given you things to bring to the table. And, and uh, I don't know, yeah. I would just, I would love to speak less on Sunday morning, honestly, <laughs> I, even though I, I, you know, went to school to That's, be a pastor, but.
2: Yeah. yeah. But what is a pastor? What is that? Thing? I don't a know. Pastor I, right. People to Jesus, right. And so technically we're all priesthood of all believers. We're all called. To, I, I like to think of pastors is like, uh, all right, we're encouragers uh and equipers and empowers and now you like this is what this is what jesus did is it it, uh he's the guy he has all authority in heaven and earth has been given to him he says now you do it right to these disciples he has the most important message in the world and he says hey i'm not going to hold on to it myself i'm gonna let you do it right so in the same way pastors and churches that were said hey the goal is not just simply that people come here and uh and fill a building but rather we say hey no this building that 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 exists to glorify God is equipping people to say, hey, no, you have exactly what it takes to be able to transform your communities, to your works, your your homes, and saying, you do it. All glory has been given to us here at this place by God for you. Now you do it. Go. Go and make disciples and transform the world, transform your families, your everything. And so it, I think oftentimes we're we're so concerned about, are we saying it right? Are we doing it right? Again, you know, and and really there's just needs to be a trust to the spirit of God to say, hey, spirit of God is just as active inside of me, broken mm-hmm. moron pastor guy than it is in, inside of, you know, uh, uh, my youth group who uh, steps into their schools and, and, and maybe doesn't know exactly what to say to their friends all the time, but they're, again, the spirit of God is present. I don't know what to say all the time either. I mean, to, to suggest that uh, it has to be done a certain way, I think is, it's limiting the spirit of God and the spirit of God wants to transform the world. So uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm for it, man. I'm here for it. <laughs> mm-hmm. awesome. That's awesome. I always
0: just love thinking. Ben about, and I go
1: on tangents. Sorry about that. No, yeah, I know. Is, sorry. <laughs> this is
0: good stuff. But it kind of comes back to it. Like, I mean, if, if I wanted to be this guy, I was like, hey, no, we got to get back to verse 23, guys, and stuff, rather than actually explore where the spirit is moving in you guys in this conversation. Because uh, God is doing Check out, out where things. it
2: goes. Check out where it goes. It goes to right where we're going in verse 23 and 24. Oh, look right? at that. Let's do it. If it if all, you know, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. The whole question of building up. Let no one seek his own good. But the good of his neighbor, right? Again, the right. whole thing is is outward focused. It, it is what it is. I mean, Paul's doing this. He's saying, Hey, where's your arrow pointed? Is it pointed to yourself? Yeah. Is it pointed to other what, what's going on here? Right. And then eat whatever is sold in the meat market without raising any question on the grounds of conscience. And so thinking about uh, you know, each other. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. If one of the unbelievers invites you to dinner, there you go. And you are disposed to go eat whatever is set before you without raising any question, the grounds of conscience. In other words, Hey, community matters. Even if you know, it might not be, you know, it might've been food sacrifice to idols. Hey, more important than that is, is that, is that relationship, right? And right. This, again, it's, it's interesting. Uh, but if someone says to you, this has been offered a sacrifice, then do not eat it for the sake of the one who informed you for the sake of their conscience. In other words, if they said it, If they know that it was offered in a different way and they know what you stand for, then don't do it. Because, again, uh, it's just, again, thinking about the other person. Um, Really interesting. I do not mean your conscience, but his. For why should my liberty be determined by someone else's conscience? If I partake with thankfulness, why am I denounced because of uh, that which for I give thanks? But whenever you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Get no offense to Jews or Greeks or the church of God, just as I try to please everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but that of the many that they may be saved. There's a goal, right? So I don't know if I was supposed to read, but I just went for it because (laughs) it's great. I love it. Amazing.
1: I mean, it's really not this Christian community is really not just all about you, believe it or not. And it's so contradictory to probably what we all tell ourselves every day. And, and the world tells us about ourselves, but like our rights and our well being are not the only things that matter. Like I said before, we are our brother's keeper. Like we, we are responsible to them responsible for them. And, um, You know, I think we talk so often in our American culture about God given rights, and I've harped on this before, but like, uh, (laughs) it just doesn't matter that much. Your God-given <laughs> rights really just don't matter that much when you enter a Christian community. Uh, so we gotta, we gotta reconsider that freedom, idolatry, freedom in Christ. idolatry of rights. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Freedom in, right. freedom in Christ does not mean freedom of rights. Like, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's actually, uh, the opposite that even if you have zero rights, you're actually free because it doesn't matter. It's, 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 uh, even if, uh, yeah, you're, yeah, exactly. So,
1: and I want I want to go back to 25 really quick because yeah, if please. you're reading this too quickly, it can seem like Paul's contradicting himself when he says eat whatever is sold in the meat market after he just talked about not partaking in meals. Right. But the, so the, I think the point is the meat itself is not the problem. It was never the problem. It's like any other piece of meat, um, sold in the market. But, uh, as long as you're not partaking in the, Ben, I don't know how you would explain this. If you're not partaking in the ritual, the pagan rituals, right? If it's just a piece of meat in the market, it's like anything else. God created the world. God created the meat. Like you can partake in that. But if you're, but there's, it's the act of being in those rituals, of being in that culture uh, that is problematic. And, um, but then he goes into this discussion about being a polite guest. So I don't know if you want to expand on that anymore because he's not contradicting himself. No, he's he's saying there's a difference between the two.
2: Right, and so, and, and this isn't also saying that like truth is relative or something like that, but it, but it is saying because again, there is the capital T truth here is that the Lord, the Earth is the Lord's, in the fullness thereof. That everything is the Lord's, and so technically, an idol is nothing, so we're not worried about it. But if somebody right. else ascribes value to that idol, and they and you know that they subscribe value to that idol, in essence, what you're doing is you're saying, and and you know that that's part of why they're doing the thing, and you uh, agree with them in that. You're also then saying, "Hey, yeah, I agree with you that this is going to do the thing you wanted to do." That this hmm. you're in essence worshiping with them. When you would say, "Rather, hey, if you believe this about this, uh, I'm not going to eat with you because I you're 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 in the wrong direction." Now, if you don't really think about this as an idol and, and you know that your conscience is not bound by this, then then okay, then fine, it, it is where it's at. But if if someone ascribes value to it um, that it uh, that it only doesn't have, but you. Even though you're free to, you don't for the sake of your brother or your right. sister or whoever, yeah. because the so love uh, again, love
1: for the brother becomes the determinant. It becomes yeah. how yes, we exactly. determine our yeah. action in a situation.
2: Right, um, but yeah, and uh, and the end, so that they may be saved. Again, so then, so then they're not they're not worshiping an idol, and we're not saying, hey, yeah, cool, worship idols and Jesus. No, it's you're saying hey, uh, no, this idol is nothing. And I need, I need you to know the idol is nothing. I still love you, but the idol is nothing. Right. And so like, if, if you strive value to this, I'm not, I'm not, uh, but, uh, um, but yeah, so that's, 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 uh, so you don't have to worry about your own, um, uh, uh, participation in that because it is nothing. But right. if someone else ascribes value to it, then, then you do, I think, I don't, I'm, tr- I was trying to think as you were talking a good example. And I've, I feel like I've thought about this before too. And I don't, I can't think of a good example today because this is just not something that people did. I mean, or that people do today. Like when I go to the meat market or whatever, just up the street, uh, that meat is not like sacrificed to an idol. And so when yeah. it was killed, it's not like, it's not now uh, because again, we don't think about sacrificing animals uh, or killing animals or eating meat as being a spiritual act of worship i mean they again uh, when things are killed in certain ways or otherwise that was part of worship again like the whole old testament thing i mean uh, when we sacrifice idols or sacrifice uh, uh animals uh, even to yahweh in you know in leviticus that was that was eating food too that there was, it was a big barbecue right there were some of the things that were full consumption some of them were just for priest consumption and some was for you know complete uh, right. uh, uh sharing and eating. And so, uh, it it's just a different culture that we're not really attuned to, but I am trying to think if there's anything like today, yeah, that I,
1: don't, I don't know. It's hard to hard to come up with an connect, example, yeah. but it, it's, it's ultimately about like, what, what do your actions bear witness to in a sense, because we're like, our yeah. lives are meant to be a witness to the power of God in yeah. Jesus Christ. So like, if, if what you're doing bears a false witness to your brother, that causes them to like stumble in faith. And that's, uh, hugely problematic is Paul's point. Right. So I don't know. It's really hard to find. It
2: is. Uh, I've got a like couple a swings. One example. I've got, got a, a couple, couple swings ahead. at
0: it. If you want to rate my, my example. Yeah, for sure. The simple one is kind of, you know, how people can make a big deal about, you know, swear words or not swear words. I mean, they're just like cursing, you know, cuss words. Like obviously there's age appropriate things that people place on, but some people think that's just such a big deal to use those curse words. And so it's one of those things where you may be in a group of adults where it's totally fine, they're just words. They're not being used against others, uh, comparatively to a time where you know someone is just genuinely offended by that word, and it's not necessarily the best time to use it. So it's not perfect, but I thought that's kind of one. Or then kind of going into certain content and the same sort of thing of whether it's watching particular television programs. It's just a show, but if to someone I know, certain people have more or strict restrictions on what their kids watch or what they want to watch, and then it's kind of a little bit, a little bit on that. It's not perfect. That's the closest I could get off the top of my head right now, though.
2: No, I, 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 I definitely, I I definitely, I think there's, there's definitely some overlap there. I think, um, I, I, I wonder what, I wonder what the, uh, what the intent in the day of, of eating a a food sacrifice to an idol, again, we don't, or to a, you know, to a, a different God, like, you like, what would that, Mm -hmm. what would that elicit? Like you would would want for power or want, you know, what would you be seeking after? And I, I I don't really honestly know that. So I don't know if it would be like, even something like um, uh, as simple as, I'm not saying uh, maybe gambling, you know, like, yeah. uh, but at the same time, like, Hey, Texas hold them done in a, in a way that doesn't, you know, destroy one's bank account, <laughs> you know, like the $5, $5 games or something. Man. But, but when some people are, Hey, maybe I don't gamble around my friend that has a, has mm. a, a problem or drinking, right. Saying like, Hey, mm. uh, we're, we're free to have, uh, uh, alcohol, um, in a safe and, and responsible way. But Hey, if I'm around my friend, who I know has a uh, struggle with alcoholism I and mean, I'm just not going to drink because yeah. again, that's become an idol and uh, of maybe release or escape or, yeah. uh, or addiction. And so maybe, maybe something like that too. I think, I think that's I think a good things, one,
1: Ben. Yeah. 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 yeah that, that, Are that, you there
0: yet? You're, you're I am
1: here. Too. I'm a disembodied okay. voice. I'm,
2: uh...
0: <laughs> he's, he's ascended. I'm wreathed
1: um, in colors. Yeah, I don't know what's happening. But, but uh, yeah, but I think that's a good example.
0: I was, yeah, I think if someone like if they have like a good luck charm or something like that, this bracelet will do, yeah, I don't know, random things. But uh, it, it's tough mm. to get a comparison. But I, the overall point of an awareness of others and how your actions can affect yeah. where they are at in their spiritual life. And it's kind of understanding sometimes we like to do, you know, I'll do me, you do you, but we don't live isolated lives, they all intersect in one way or another, or like even my choice to not be around you or to neglect you that affects you. So it's one of these things, have an awareness of others around you and the gift that God has given you to be in that community. Uh, and you're going to impact it. And like Jeff was saying before, you have really good things to bring to the table. Are you going to bring those to the table? Are you going to withhold them? Um, and sometimes what you bring to the table might be a real honesty about your brokenness and looking to that community to be a source of help, being the one that is willing to be honest first, that can really uh, progress where that community is at because someone has kind of opened that door.
2: Yeah,
1: it's good. As I, th- I think I've lost all power over my technology. So uh, <laughs> well, uh, I think I might, we, we
0: have got we've have have gotten through out. first Corinthians. <laughs> right. we, we, we've gotten all the way through it. It has been a good time. And uh Pastor Ben, we thank you so much for joining us again on the fundamentals. You're of course welcome anytime. We love to have you.
2: Honored, uh, honored, honored.
0: It is it is a great stuff. Well, we will go ahead and, and close out this episode and look forward to be back in next week as we are getting close to the end of First Corinthians here. But thank you everyone for joining us. Uh and uh God bless.